Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw. This is episode 2 of our 12 Days of Archery series and today we're going to look back on a game from 2015 where we picked up a 2-0 win at Tanadice. This game came at a time when the team were low in confidence. They were in the middle of an atrocious run, as David Forrest explains. Before this game, we hadn't won in five games. After beating Hamilton 5-0 on the 21st of January, we then went on to draw two each of Kilmarnock at Rugby Park before losing to St Mirren 1-0 at Firhill, Celtic 3-0 at Firhill, Dundee away was 1-0, and then losing to Ross County at Firhill 3-1, meaning we hadn't won a game for 38 days before this game happened. So a pretty wretched run, to be honest, but one that had kind of been replicated throughout the season up to that point. We had had a really, really poor start of the season. After winning the opening game against Ross County, we then went several weeks without a win. We pick up wins here and there, but we'd only won six by the time we got to this game against Dundee United. We were on a, a really, really bad run at that point. Certainly our worst of the season and our worst for probably quite a while to be fair. The Thistle faithful were left in shock as the team scored an incredible first goal, one of the greatest team goals you'll see from a Thistle 11. Uh, the the Barca style goal, that's what it was dubbed as when he scored it. <laughs> it's it's very tiki taka isn't it? Uh, very tiki taka uh, The goal was, goal was kicked off by um, Gallagher rolling it out to Higginbotham who finds himself back at the right back position who uh, plays it up the line to Donald. And then basically Lyle Taylor does a lovely little, um, a lovely little kind of back heel flick, and then he, he O'Donnell turns, lets it roll, and then puts it away in the far corner. Yeah, that what a goal that was, man! That was probably the best team goal that we've scored in years. That was just a fantastic goal. Obviously, it started from keeper, rolled it out. Uh, I think Higgy then knocked it up the pitch. Lyle Taylor got onto it, and then. Back heeled it, O'Donnell with a wee dummy and then sticking it into the top corner. I mean, what what a goal that was. Here are some of our fans' finest memories of Stephen O'Donnell in a thistle shot. Stephen O'Donnell was a fantastic player for us. Going forward, he was brilliant. He chipped in of assists and goals. Uh, you know, as I've said, as I said earlier, we really do miss a goal scoring defender. I mean, we've had we usually have always had one. We had Lindsay, had O'Donnell, Balatoni. We've always had players that pop up with goals and defence. We haven't really had that for years now, and I think it is something we do really lack. Yeah, I mean, Stephen O'Donnell's got an interesting one, isn't he? Because he obviously his career's kind of like catapulted since then. But he was always like he, he's sort of it's a, it's a weird one because he was ne- he was never he was always a really good player for us. But you never you never thought like, he's going to be a Scotland international that takes us to the Euros, would you? <laughs> so no, so he's an interesting one to talk about. Yeah, looking at his career post Thistle, no going to Kilmarnock um, and you know doing really well there to the point where he gets a. Scotland call-up. I know I understand obviously Steve Clark's a manager and stuff like that but you know, you, you get called up in merit especially if you're a Kilmarnock player irrespective if you're a manager as the ex-Kilmarnock manager, like mm-hmm. they, they've got to see something and see you know, you're contributing to the point where it's obviously a different level and the fact that he's went and he's seen, you know, Steve O'Donnell yeah, he, he he would, that's the person I need for the squad is testament to his abilities and um, yeah, he's, he's a great miss for ourselves I just remember watching him in the two seasons we had him in the Premiership, it was like, this guy's going to play for Scotland. 
And like I remember I wanted him in the team for the Gibraltar game at Hamden. And like I was like, why no? He's like, it's fucking Gibraltar. It wasn't just the fans quick to sing Stephen O'Donnell's name. Players such as Stevie Lawless, who we spoke to earlier in the year, were also quick to heap praise on the attacking fullback. Love playing the front. I think we, we were perfect together because I like to come inside. I, well, I prefer playing on the right. I still do. Um, it's, a, it's ideal having a, a right back that's going to overlap you and it kind of gives you a bit more space. So I, I really enjoyed playing with Sod. But there was obviously, obviously a lot of good players we had there at the time. Banjo was obviously brilliant. Dills, Squiddy. Some great players. Hiddy was unplayable at some points as well. So there's a, a lot of players I enjoyed playing with. But the first one I think I had the best relationship on the park with would have been uh, Sod. This game came a couple of years into Alan Archibald's tenure, but a couple of our fans, Mark Wallace and James Kearney, talk about how you could see the influence of Jackie McNamara still on this Thistle team. Stephen O'Donnell, one of my favourite ever Thistle players. Like, there was always... Like, I remember when, he, when like you could tell McNamara was massive in his development. Because obviously McNamara was the same kind of player, sort of an attacking fullback. Yeah, I mean that that was just that that really exemplified. I mean, trust that's probably I know this is a couple of years later, but that goal sort of had. I always thought the the attacking play of that Thistle team always sort of had Jackie McNamara's fingerprints all over it. I always kind of felt that maybe maybe that's unfair to Archie, but I always felt that, you know maybe it's just because Archie was a defender. I always felt that he always excelled at the defence side of the game, but I always thought that the best football that I've seen Thistle play was played under Jackie Mack. The Mara, this really sort of free-flowing attack and stuff. And I think that even though he obviously left back at the start of 2013, there's a lot of the same group of players that had worked under him, and there's a lot of the same guys that had ran those drills and they learned how to attack with each other. And I think that, I know there are some fans that really don't like Jackie Mack, the Mara, but Thistle, I, I get why. I understand it. But I do think that even though he had left all that time ago, I think there was still certain sort of tactical sort of hangovers from his spell in charge that we still benefited from for years to come because under Archie, I mean, I think we we saw it particularly in, in the year we got the year we went down where okay, we had, you know, things didn't really work out for us. We had bad luck, injuries, blah, blah, blah. But the main problem was we were really just lacklustre in attack. You know, I think that's been a big problem at this. Old, I mean, obviously, we're talking about the Hamlin game a minute ago. We won five now. Like, you know, we don't. We, we very rarely batter a team, or at least when when comfortably. I can. When's the last time we even won by more than three goals a league game? Like, it's been five years. Five this years. Is a it's, been ha- it's been haunting us. We we talked just in the podcast before about how we haven't won a game by five goals since. Uh, the the commander game that uh, we'll, we'll speak about later, but yeah, that um, like we've not won a, a game by that by uh, for at least five years, and it's just a case of you're absolutely right. We don't we don't batter teams anymore, and I I you know you obviously say it's a bit unfair to actually I would I I would be inclined to agree with you in the sense that obviously McNamara's DNA is very much in that team, but you have to look at the the sort of situation as to how it came about. That team was moulded by McNamara, then he left. And Archie was the person who had to pick it up mid-season, so of course he's just going to run with what McNamara was doing because obviously he'd been working mm. under him as a reserve and reserves manager. He changed with him in the change room and all that, and like that, he absolutely would have taken on a lot because if you're a, if you're a player going into your first coaching job, 
and you don't you know you obviously don't have any experience you look at the people around you you look at your sort of your peers and the manager McNamara at the time you're absolutely looking at that sort of about at that manager and looking at what he's doing seeing how well it's doing and replicating that so i know i i definitely think that's definitely a fair point to make that definitely McNamara he sort of sowed the seeds for that and then actually worked on with it but you can't discount the influence that McNamara had on that team even a couple of years later yeah uh, i think that's very well put um then again i do feel bad i feel as if i'm taking it away from archie but um but i mean i think the thing so I, I spoke to Archie started the year, just sort of about his career with Thistle, and the impression I got from him when we were talked about, you know, replacing Jackie and then, you know, sort of trying to make the team his own was that certainly the remainder of that season he sort of felt he was in a lose lose situation, and that you know he'd either be the guy that came in and chucked the league, and then you know people would the fans would never forgive him, or he'd win the league and then people would just give all credit all the, all the success to Jackie McNamara like I've just done yeah. <laughs> um, you know I think that he was he himself was really quite nervy at the time you know I think he was I think he really quite felt the pressure of it it's certainly that's the impression that I got but also at the same time he absolutely loves party so he, you know he bleeds red and yellow and if I always get the impression of party that if he can help Thistle he will, you know, I think that's part of the reason he came back and all that as well. Like, I just think that, yeah, like, like you say, I, I, Archie obviously deserves the lion's share of the credit for, you know, that team because it was his team, obviously. He's spent a far longer time in charge than Jackie did. But, yeah, I, I, I do think that while he's not the most popular guy around for hell at times, Jackie McNamara was important because he's the guy that really sort of kicked off the revival. After such a sensational first goal, it was only fitting that Thistle's second came from a comedic own goal from Dundee United. We didn't have to wait long for the second goal in the game. As Higginbotham curled in a corner kick, he slipped as he took it, and Franz challenged in the air. We got a bit of a lucky break as it hit off the heel of McGowan and bounced into the net. A bit of luck for Thistle, which we'd been lacking that season. I definitely say this game is certainly shows the duality of sort of Thistle in a way, certainly in terms of what it's like to be a Thistle fan, because you have that incredible Barca style goal, and then the second one, you know, the guy who put the corner and slipped in his arse and it accidentally hit off somebody's heel to go in. It, it's two very Thistle goals, both <laughs> in very disparate ways, I think. And with that, like, definitely, like, it feels like it's sort of the, the yin and yang of like Thistle goals. It's either an amazing quality skill or somebody falling on their arse and it getting tapped in off somebody's seal, definitely. But um, I think we were at the... I think I was on my way to Clyde Bank or something. And then, look, we had Clyde, uh, Clyde Super Scoreboard on it. It was like, go flash, come in. And it was like, it's a goal, Dandy. So it was like, oh, the Dundee United have went 1-0 up. And then um, we, we went one... Uh, it was us that went 1-0 up. I was like, oh, that, that's brilliant. They're fucking going mental in the car. Um, and then goal flash came up again. Oh, another goal, Tandice. I was like, oh, fuck, they've equalised, haven't they? And then <laughs> we get the second, and then uh, like, I heard it was Calm Higginbottom, and I was like, "Ah, oh, he's back! That's him back to his best." And I thought it was a fucking deflection; it wasn't even his goal. <laughs> but um, I again that that was uh, that was the beginning of when we started because Dundee Dundee United gave us gave us a fucking stinking for years, didn't they? For that for like years, this was the beginning of when we actually started beating them and getting results against them. I like any game against Dundee United you beat them as a fucking positive, so um especially beating them at Tandice is brilliant. 
David Forrest and Rhys Jenkins now talk about how important a three points this was and our bid to secure survival that season. Um, that that game turned out to be a bit of a turning point in that season. So we'd um, before before that game we'd only we'd only won six games the whole season, and then from the twenty eighth of February onwards we went and lost to Ross County after it. But then after that we went three unbeaten. Then we lost to Celtic, which is a bit of a throwaway a gimme. Then we went and won three, and then drew one, lost one, drew one. So we we were basically we only after that game we only lost twice to teams that weren't Celtic <laughs> I mean that's pretty respectable considering when you look back at the start of the season there were a lot of, a lot of red there we went on to record six, six wins to keep us up and we eventually finished in 8th position with 38 points a good um, 7 points clear of uh, Motherwell in the playoff position If you look at it we won as many games from the 28th of February onwards from this game onwards as we did from the entire season before the 28th uh, yeah. of February because we won 6 up until this game and then won six after that in the space of what three months I think you, you definitely could call this a turning point in the season no but again that, that goal was I think that's whenever if you look shite that is like the emergency like break the glass that's that's a man you go and you watch in it this episode of the 12 days of archie was narrated by matt greer and edited by david forrest with contributions from david forrest mark wallace stevie lawless kieran ashton reese jenkins jamie mcdonald and james kearney thank you for listening and stay safe archie